Greetings, I'm Dave Gilmore, and this is Design Intelligence. Tom Spahn is an investor and operating partner in private equity whose investments are being made in the built environment industry. He helps people bring innovative ideas to life in the marketplace. He sat down with me recently to discuss the potential and challenges around property technology and how built environment professionals can take advantage of the opportunities now and into the future. Welcome to this edition of This is Design Intelligence, conversations with leadership voices in the built environment. So, Tom Spahn, I'm so honored that you joined us here on This is Design Intelligence. Well, it's a real pleasure to be here, Dave. Thanks so much. Really looking forward to having a conversation. So, thanks for coming down. Uh, We're here in La Jolla, California at the Design Futures Council Leadership Summit on Technology and Applied Innovation in La Jolla, California. And it's a really tough place to have to meet, isn't it? It's rough. It's rough. Someone's got to do it. So, um, when I was in the Navy, I had to be stationed in Hawaii. So, it was just, you know, similar tough duty station. (laughs) (laughs) So, speaking of the Navy, you were in the Navy for a number of years. You were an officer. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that background. Yeah. So, um, I was in the submarine force on the USS Chicago for for part of that tour after nuclear power school. Uh, I was stationed in San Diego, so right down the road from here. <laughs> and then um, before that, Hawaii. Uh, so a lot of lot of great duty stations. So yeah, was in the Navy for about seven years, uh, which included a trip over to Afghanistan to do an army job. Yeah, so that was the, that was my Navy career. Got me started in the world. <laughs> That's fantastic. And so we're spending time together at Design Intelligence with you, Tom, because we're we're creating some new efforts in the marketplace around ventures and technology and helping the built environment who has so many phenomenal and creative people be able to realize their creativity sometimes through processes that they redesign through technologies that they want or have developed and helping to bring those things live into the greater marketplace. Tell us some detail around that. Yeah, it's a really exciting time. And it's, um, it's quite an ironic state of affairs that, that some of the most creative industries, engineering and, and architecture are, are a bit behind in the innovation space uh, when it comes to other industries. Um, if you look at the McKinsey uh, digitization by industry, uh, real estate, construction tech uh, and engineering always wind up Quite, quite near the bottom of, of the innovation and, and um, new venture space. Um, I think so, I think that architecture made it to second to the last on the list behind agriculture. And then I think agriculture has actually jumped above us at this point. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's quite surprising because, it, like I said, it's, very, it's a creative space. There's so much opportunity. It's odd that folks haven't really jumped into the space yet. Uh, I think... I think when you look at property technology in general, you have a lot of new entrants over the last 10 years or so that have really catalyzed and energized the space and uh, encouraged a lot of capital flow into the space, which has in turn created an ecosystem where companies can be started, be successful, attract more talent, attract more ideas, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, the design, engineering, and architecture space, I think, is, is right on the cusp. I mean, it's only a matter of time. Um, you guys see the, the success that some of the prop tech firms are, are seeing, and you see some of the challenges and the, the aging workforce, that it just, something's got to change, and there has to be efficiencies, and that comes through innovation and innovative companies. So what do you think is really driving investors to put the billions of dollars they are into property technology? Do they really see it as a transformative industry or is it just the latest thing going by to throw money at? Yeah, I think it's, I think it really has to do with timing 
in the industry itself, not not necessarily the, the capital raising industry and the venture industry, but in the real estate industry. You've had a real turnover in generational uh, management. You have a lot of younger people coming in to the, these companies that are embracing new technologies, um, starting to see new forms of working, new ways of working, especially after the pandemic where folks have, have realized that these assets are, are just sitting there and there could be better uses. And for a long time, they've just been cash cows and have been collecting, collecting rents and, and not really thinking about the people involved and some of the opportunities to use assets in new ways. Um, we were talking the other day about WeWork. Uh, people people make fun of WeWork for a variety of reasons, um, but they really accomplished a lot and, and unlocked a lot of value and, and a new way to utilize assets that, that I think caught a lot of people's attention um, beyond the flashy, uh, the flashy almost IPO. Well, I think the mismanagement is one thing and accomplishments are another. And right. so we, you're always going to have mismanagement. It's just welcome to humanity. But uh, sadly, it was on a grand stage with lots of pomp and circumstance. But uh, we we do see that through the work that they did, they did open new avenues. It's very interesting to see the uh, SoftBank investments also of Katera and really believe that they had a solution to accelerating positive design, closing the gap on time, etc. But the business model didn't really hold up. But that doesn't mean you throw it out hook, line, and sinker. You, you've got to be able to say, wait a minute, is there something powerful that could be learned from that for its next iteration? Same, same dynamic with uh, WeWork. And what does that mean to the future of property and how technology is deployed for authentic performance management? And I think that's exactly exactly right. The authenticity is really important. There's tons of opportunities, and the bar technology-wise is quite low to enter the property technology space. However, the challenges are are real, and it's people say that real estate is unique as as an industry, and it's really true. There's a lot of specific headwinds to the industry that people coming from outside don't really appreciate. I think, um, and I think with with the almost success of WeWork and the success of of some of the other companies at Procore that, that went public, uh, you're starting to see more combination of founders that are both architects slash engineers slash designs as well as technology people getting together and creating management teams that are a lot stronger and can appreciate some of the nuances in the industry that that pure technologists uh, can't really do. Do you think that property technology, which is, I would say, is primarily, not exclusively, but primarily focused on energy management and energy reduction, is going to see a continued boost because of the emphasis on the UN ESG goals. For sure. For sure. And I, I think it's going to come for in, in two ways. Uh, one is energy prices are going up all the time, even aside from, from Russia's uh, activities. Um, and, and I think folks are realizing that part of energy security is to be able to control this, the uh, the use of energy um, and reduce the use of energy. Um, and I think also um, there's the capital returns that are starting to be realized by folks by reducing, um, increasing NOI and then reducing costs um, are having an, a combination effect with people being more aware of the climate challenges that we face. Uh, all those factors are combining to, to really encourage and boost the sector. I think there's a risk, though, because you see some of the valuations till very recently going completely out of control when someone sticks ESG in, in their business plan, uh, much like blockchain. If someone says it's blockchain for X, uh, there's a people leap on it. I think the, the business model itself has to stand on its own before you throw in the buzzwords to make a really successful company that, that grows well. So as an investor who helps guide assets towards viable investments, what what do you look at when you're looking at, for instance, a property technology offering that might be 
being presented or as a, a needing seed funding or second round funding, et cetera. What is it you're looking at to drive viable investment? Great question. I think first it's important to appreciate that all investment dollars are not the same. Uh, a private equity investor has a very different risk profile and time horizon than a venture investor. So for a venture investor to get interested, they has, there has to be a venture return possible commensurate with the risk being taken. Um, so that, that off the bat is the number one. Is there a potential for a venture return, which usually means is this going to disrupt the industry as a whole, um, which is a pretty high bar. Um, after that, it's it's all about the team. The team, especially at the seed stage, is absolutely critical. You can overcome a lot, um, but if you don't have the right team, your first roadblock, uh, you're going to stumble over and, and your company's going to fail. And also, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where if you have a great founding team, they attract great talent and so on and so on. And it's really, really critical to get that core uh, business right. Um, from there, we really look at traction, um, have have has the company landed great customers? Uh, how many customers? Are they keeping their customers? Um, and then everything else is essentially confirmatory. Uh, have they been able to grow as they've, they've said they're going to be able to grow? Uh, are they executing on their unit economics? Are they retaining the customers? And that all comes out in the financials and, and some of the other documents. Um, and then lastly, the, the deal itself is, is the risk um, commensurate with the pricing. And, mm. and will everyone get to a good outcome? The, the, the object is to grow the pie, uh, not to take a part of the pie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's an obsession, of course, with the term unicorns, and people just keep looking for, you know, swinging for the fences. They're swinging for home runs when what wins baseball games are singles and doubles all day long. Yeah. Does everything have to be industry disruptive to be successful? That's a tough one. So for venture dollars, typically yes, um, which is which is rather unfortunate. It's a bit it's a bit short sighted, um, I think, because um, you can you can build a great business with with singles. But if you if you want to have that that risk portfolio uh, and risk profile, I should say, um, you have to have some of those swing for the fences ones. Um, interestingly, if you're looking at space, though, those those opportunities really naturally present themselves um, amongst the singles and doubles. There's there's going to be some home runs in the space that you're, sure. you're dealing with naturally. We had a guest on the the podcast series here, Volker Buscher, who is the chief data officer of Arup. And he was talking to us about data strategies. Um, there is a, a beautiful coupling between property technology and its yield, which is data. But I'm not sure that people get that, that they're, you know, it's one thing to put in a bunch of devices and have them start talking to us. But what do you do with the volume of that comes out of all of that in the form of data? Right, for sure. It's, it's for so long, um, there's been a big empty black space when data came to 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 the physical world. People just didn't know what was in there, didn't know how it was performing. There were no benchmarking. Um, now you have almost an overwhelming amount of data where you have sensors on everything and, and growing increasingly, um, increasingly exponentially, which is interesting because you need to you need to have a way to draw insights from that data. So you can have all the data in the world, but people can be very reluctant to stick sensors all over their building if they can't do anything with the data. Uh, so it's almost a chicken and egg problem. You need the data to develop the algorithms that can give you the machine learning that can give you outcomes, but at the same time, you need to gather the data initially as well. So as, as you think about the event that you're attending here in La Jolla, you know, what interests you about what we're doing and, and this collection of interesting people and speakers we brought together? What, what intrigued you about coming to this event? It's the opportunity to, to I guess, evangelize the, uh, the prop tech world to the architecture and design and engineering space. Uh, people, people at prop tech firms call 
prop tech a monolith and say they're very agnostic as to what phase of the build world they're investing in. But it's not really true. Most of the prop tech folks, and not all of them, are real estate professionals and, and know the real estate space really well, but don't necessarily know the architecture and design and engineering space. Uh, so to get some some folks in the room hopefully excited about technology and innovation and all the benefits it can bring, maybe get the juices flowing with some problems they've come up with that they may have a solution to, may not, and, and get those ideas percolating. And, and maybe someone will spin out a company and it'll be the next the next unicorn <laughs> or the next single. Singles or are the great. Next single Singles double, are great. Right? <laughs> so I think about, you know, if this design community really understood the value of property technology and, and design intelligence, we say that it holds the promise of defensible design because the data can prove, hopefully not disprove, that what you promised in your design, the prop tech can actually become that promise keeper for you as far as the yield of the data showing it's performing as designed, right? At the end of the day, and one of the things that we are pushing and, and trying to influence is that property tech design should be a part of original building design, not an after the fact, not a, not a post occupancy or post turnover event where suddenly all of this prop tech gets drilled into the walls and behind the scenes. It's, it's, it's contemplated in original design of the building and how that might change the where we place prop tech and what its purpose is. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it's, it's spot on. It's, it's, it's very strange that you have the only way you can get technology generally in a building is if you stick it on after the fact. Uh, in this modern day and age where information technology is ubiquitous, uh, there's, there's no reason why from day one, uh, technology is not an integral part of the buildings that folks are designing and building. And it just opens up a new way that buildings can function, probably ways we're not, we haven't even thought of yet, even in science fiction. <laughs> uh, there's so much potential out there. Well, do you have any general thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience? Well, gosh, uh, I, I guess I just encourage um, any potential entrepreneurs out there to to, to go for it. There's uh, a lot of opportunity. There's, uh, at least for the moment, plenty of capital out there. Uh, there's plenty of folks uh, like yourself that can that can help nurture ideas. And I've found that um, both at a prop tech firm and then at this event, everyone's very willing to talk about ideas, bounce things back and forth. There's no uh, there's no hidden secrets uh, <laughs> that, that folks are trying to hide the ball. People are very willing to talk about their ideas and, and eager to, to give feedback and give advice and to try new things and to explore ways to help and, and make introductions. So I think it's a very inclusive space, um, which I think is really encouraging. So I, I really encourage folks to, to just embrace the, the technology and, and run with their ideas. That's fantastic because we're, we're co-creating a facility for this audience, if you have an idea, if you have a concept, maybe a minimum viable product that you've cobbled together and you're wondering, what do I do with this? Could this become something? We're creating a facility for you to be able to pass it through us and for us to apply our expertise to show you where you are, what could be done, to be honest with you about what it takes to move the thing forward. And, uh, and then as appropriate to get behind you to bring your products and services to market. So we're pretty excited about 
this venture and what we're For doing sure. together. So let me ask you, when you're not doing investing in prop tech and all of the wonderful work that you do, what what do you do for fun? What is your life? Oh boy, so I have, I have two kids, uh, they're three and five, so that, oh, uh, that takes a- up 99.999%. Um, other than that, I have, I have a very esoteric set of uh, hobbies. I, I like to kite surf uh, and mountain bike, and I also like uh, model ship building, which oh, is I've gotten right? into pretty recently. Um, very strange. I don't know if there's many people that do that, but uh, it's quite it's quite. No, cathartic. we're not talking about like in a bottle. <laughs> not in a bottle. Okay, uh, okay. but you know, twenty four inch. Uh, you know, the little intricate rigging. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's 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 maybe um, you know kind of fun to get down into the detail and then watch something be created. Right, so it's almost like building a company. <laughs> well, you're a, you're a creator, so at the end of the day, that's what it is. Tom, thanks for joining me on This Is Design Intelligence. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. Likewise, really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to times ahead. Thank you for joining us for this edition of This Is Design Intelligence. The producer is Laura Spells. The sound engineer is Jared Knabel. This has been a DI Media Group production.